And we're live. Scott Town. How you doing, bud? I'm good, Brant. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Thank you for having me on. Well, I remembered that we talked about the topic of tonight in the first podcast that we did, and you weren't yeah. sure if you were even allowed to talk about it yet. Right. That's kind of when I broke the news. Or the, yeah, I mean, people knew about it, but um, yeah, I hadn't really hadn't publicly been announced. Yeah. So point. as soon as I saw that it was everywhere yesterday, I was like, oh, we got to do it. Yeah. No, I, that's awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. I, it's been, I mean, it's been like almost ready to go to print. Like we could, it could have been done like months ago, but there's just so many, so many factors and, you know, I have a new job. Will has so much going on. So with Dig, Will Smith. So. Yeah. And yeah, so I just figured we'd jump on here and talk about Grace Stoke. So for anyone who has no idea what we're talking about, <laughs> yeah, no, we're like, uh, this is Scott Town. <laughs> and what we're babbling about. Yeah. So I suppose you'd be better suited to go into detail about what Grace Stoke even is. Maybe we okay. should start there. Easy enough. Grace Stoke is a print magazine, like a full-size print magazine. Um, for buy and for BMX lifers, you know, it's mostly the, the median age of riders in it is probably like 45. But uh, um, it's for riders that are still riding. It's for collectors. It's for anyone that's just into BMX, you know, that's just feeding the obsession or left BMX and got back into it or started riding as an adult or whatever the case, you know, it's it's for the gray beards, bald dude. Someone DM me and said it needs to be called bald stoke for me, which applies to me too. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's about. And it's uh, it's published by Dig BMX. It's the kind of the brainchild of Will Smith, the publisher of Dig. And Dig, he Will approached me about this, man, a few years ago, maybe four or five years ago. And I was kind of like, eh, a magazine? I don't know, man. But a year over a year ago like early 2022 probably we had like some real serious talks about it and uh and started working on it last year you know over a year ago probably mm -hmm. june like june of 2022 was my first like trip that i made under the premise of you know gathering content and photos and for uh, for graystoke so it's been a been a while in the making for sure Nice. So it's awesome to see it coming to light finally and people can pre-order it now and mm -hmm. there's even some clothing that's that's out there for pre-order as well. I'm curious what exactly like what what do you, how would you label your role in all of it? My role? I'm yeah. the editor of the magazine. Yes. So Will's the publisher. I mean it's published by Dig BMX, you know. But Will is the publisher and I'm the editor. That's that's my role, you know. I wrote I wrote a lot of the stuff. Um, I the editor of a magazine is like the manager, you know, like I coordinated not all the articles, but most of them, even the ones I didn't write, you know, like I worked with different writers and reached out to different people to 
work on different pieces or people that we knew, you know, my, I've been around BMX a long time as has Will. So our, our network of people is pretty deep, you know, and if we don't know someone, it's usually one person away from mm-hmm. getting in touch with someone that can help us out, you know? Yeah. Like, like uh, Jared Sony, who works for Ride BMX way back when, and um, just a great photographer and writer. He wrote the DMC, the Dennis McCoy piece. Like, that's one of the, the main pieces in the magazine is a big feature on Dennis McCoy because he's he kind of epitomizes what Greystoke's all about, except it's different with Dennis because he's one of the most well-known BMX riders ever, right? Yeah. But he's in his mid-50s and still kills it on the bike and never, ever stopped. Like, has never stopped besides, you know, recovering from injuries or whatever. Like, he's never, ever left BMX at all. So he's a he's kind of the poster child for the magazine and he's, and he's in it. And there's so many people that like, I don't want to pick it apart, but like in, in hindsight, as I look at the layouts and stuff, I was like, wow, so-and-so is not even, it's not even a picture of that person in this magazine that really should be, but there's just so many people because BMX has been around for so long at this point that, you know, it's just a big, big thing. Like, there's so many, like it was literally a message just popped up while we were talking from someone that I shot photos of this just exquisite 70s bike that they have. And I just kind of broke the news. <laughs> it didn't, uh, the photos didn't make the cut for the first issue because we just had too much. Like we had, issue two, we could probably finish in a month because we have like more than half the, you know, half a magazine worth of content already done, like laid out and everything. Like they just, we just had to make cuts, you know, and it's a 132 page magazine. It's a full, full length. Yeah. Do you think like the, at the end of work, you know, I have a whole history in magazines and at the end of some magazine runs, like they'll be down to like 48 pages or 60 pages or whatever, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so it's a pretty healthy size. It's not like dig, like the last issue of dig, you know, is annual magazine at this point. Like this is the last one that came out last fall and it's however many pages, you know, I don't even know, but, um, 220, I guess it's like a goddamn catalog, you know, like a, a Sears catalog. Am I dating myself by saying that? Do you know what Sears is? <laughs> Have you ever seen a Sears catalog? I think I remember, uh, was it JC Penny catalogs? Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you I go. remember those. But anyone that's into Greystoke will certainly get those references. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, so that I mean that's that's the deal. Print mag. It's there's a we try to have a big emphasis on riders that are that are still riding, you know, like current photos. Mm-hmm. Um like Clint Miller that owns Colony. There's a that's a good example because he just had his uh I didn't even watch it yet, but he just dropped his 49th birthday video today. Yep. So pretty huge. There's a photo of him in there. And we tried to make it not, it would be easy to be all industry people, you know, because there's so many like pros and former pros that are still, you know, still going strong that, that kind of fit the parameters of the magazine too. But we tried to have a lot of uh, just kind of real world people in there too. So that's, that's pretty awesome. There's no shortage of, older dudes that seem to either be just like coming back into it or even I get comments all the time from people saying I'm 40 
two years old and I just started riding and yeah, whatever, whatever. And I've beaten this dead horse into the ground, but sometimes I really feel like there might be more dudes getting back into BMX than there are like young kids getting into it for the first time. Yeah. That's kind of a scary uh, ratio. I hope that's not accurate, but it might be true. It just feels like it sometimes. Yeah. I don't think you're that far off at that sometimes or in, in some cases either, you know, because and it's not a bad thing if it's if there were just like an excessive number of 40 year old dudes getting into BMX, who cares? Like, yeah, if, if whatever, wherever the numbers come from is fine with me. Um, the, and I think also there's a lot of people like the one I always see those comments, too, by the way. And uh, that's like it's some lone dude that's just hitting the skate park by himself in the morning that no one really knows about mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. You know, like there's a dude that lives in Kalamazoo where I live. And I was at the skate park one day, this was last year, like at, during lunch, like middle of the day, and I saw someone riding flatland on the tennis court next to the skate park. And I'm like, who the hell is that? Like, it was clearly like an adult, you know? I'm like, how is there a person riding flatland that I don't know yep. at the skate park in Kalamazoo? And it took almost a year to meet the dude. Like, we finally, because, oh, because my family group chat blew up it was like oh you used to pick up dylan from basketball or whatever it was and i had to like run out you know leave the skate park and uh i think i even yelled what's up to that dude <laughs> but i didn't meet him and it took like you know deducing comments and uh through instagram to figure out who he was his name is luke and he's a rad dude and i've ridden with him a few times now but you know he lives in kalamazoo and hasn't lived here that long, you know, and just started riding BMX again not that long ago. But it's pretty rad. Like, he's a psychologist who rides BMX. Whoa, that's you know, that's cool. cool. Yeah. So so it feels like those kind of people are the people that Gray Stoke is for. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't know, man. I felt like for so long that there's just been, like, not a lot for those people. And it's felt like the BMX industry, at least up until a couple of years ago, when they started putting on people like Corey Anastasio again and giving him a frame and, and people like that, it was been up until that stuff started happening again. It just felt like the BMX industry ignored those older guys for, for whatever reason. I mean, it's just all you saw was younger kids. And now it feels like, you know, we see people like Corey and Doyle getting put on mm-hmm. to S&M and fit. And I feel like there's more that have come out recently since then too. And yeah, sure. Now we right. have like Nyquist. Yeah. Nyquist kind of like DMC, like he's not nearly as old as DMC, but, but he's always written for Haro. He's always, he's just always been there. He's always been in it. So you kind of take him for granted. You know, that's, the, that's the thing with DMC. He's mm-hmm. taken for granted because he never, there's no big comeback. Like he, he never left. Yeah. Same with Nyquist, you know, it's kind of the same story. But he's in his 40s now and he still kills it, you know. And I know he's involved more on a different level as a contest, as a coach or whatever and all that stuff, which is great. And I'm glad. And Van Homan, same deal, you know. Bestwick. Making, yeah, Bestwick's a great example of that. Guys that, um, you know, just made the transition and stayed within BMX somehow, which is not that easy to do. It's not that easy to make a living in BMX. But, come believe me <laughs> it's not easy at all 
But, but all of that is what makes it so cool to see this thing that is like, this is for you guys. Yeah. Well, it's by us too. You know, like Will is tied in the wool BMX dude. I certainly am. You know, like mm-hmm. every everyone, Shed, Shed Johnson from Goods it helped out so much. Like Jared Sony, um, even like Todd Lyons and Mike Escamilla, Rooftop, like he really orchestrated this big piece on the POW house, which is a famous house in the early 90s mm-hmm. where so many pros lived at and just a big part of the, you know, Southern California scene kind of during the dead era of BMX and quite frankly, kind of during the part of BMX when I was disconnected from it. Like in the mid 90s, I, I wasn't really paying attention to BMX, honestly. But um, yeah, so that's who it's for. And, and to your point about BMX kind of being marketed more to toward those the older riders like a lot of that's like the retro bikes that like gt and haro and everyone yeah. i mean haro i work for haro now but haro really went all in with that and it's it's huge and then mongoose is on board with that and it's cool to see and i like it and it, you know vintage bmx bikes are outrageously expensive you know i'm kind of in that world you can even see behind me there's bikes all over the place but you know if you can buy even if it's a thousand dollars to buy like a top of the line reproduction bike that looks like the one from the eighties, but it's with modern spec and modern geometry. It's more rideable. <clears throat> you don't have to worry about bending the forks or, you know, the tightening the headset with your hand every time you ride it. Like, yeah. like a real vintage bike or, you know, $500 skin wall tires that are going to, blow to pieces when a 230 pound dude tries to do a miami hopper on it you know yeah there's a lot of value in that and there's just a lot more older riders you know and a lot of you know company order owners are older dudes now they're still in it you know they still ride like chris moeller and ian morris and you know so many most of them robbie morales you know there's so so many they're kind of both those dudes i just named are all a little younger than me but they're all part of this generation you know so that's that's part of it you know it's kind of hard to ignore the demographic that you're part of when you are running a company and you see like after s&m especially like they so much of the s&m clientele are like 40 year old dudes that just live by the shield and you know would never go any other way yeah i get that you know yeah (laughs) And so to see something like Greystoke come out with those people in mind, that's just, I'm trying to, you know, put an exclamation point on how awesome it is for people. And curious to hear your like approach when it comes to trying to put something like this together, because as you said earlier, there's like an endless amount of content that you could yeah. put into something like this. Yeah, there really is. That was tough. One thing I, I do want to speak to is a print magazine, right? Like for your generation, like you read magazines or whatever, but before videos and everything, and I know I'm talking like an old guy that I am, <laughs> but magazines were everything. Like that's all there was. Yep. So for dudes that are like 40 and up, like magazines still hold a really special place in their heart. So that's part of why there's so, you know, people are really excited about this. Like the response to this, like, Greystoke Instagram has been active for months and it with no posts or anything. 
and you know all of a sudden there's hundreds and hundreds of followers and so many dms and people reposting it and it's it's pretty awesome to see but to your question um yeah it was tough because we are covering a broad range of not subjects it's all the same subject but there's an historical element like there's photos from the early 70s like one of the best things in this are these photos by this photographer mel stoutenberger who took photos in southern california like at the very beginning of bmx and they're just these amazing photos and uh he's the coolest dude i've i wrote an article about him a few years ago for crandall's uh, least most website and he's just super gracious and just a good dude but his photos are amazing and anyone that is a fan of bmx will appreciate the photos even if they can't figure out why the bikes look the way they do or whatever you know because their bikes are crazy looking but um but it can't all be that and it can't all be like collector stuff like collector thing is kind of tough because bmx bikes as cool as they are and as cool looking as they are like man if you're standing 50 feet away from a row of bmx bikes it's hard to tell a bike from 1978 versus a brand new bike you know what i mean like at a glance yeah. until you're really up close and looking at the details so you, we had to be selective about that part of it too and there's i mean part of it is like the photography is such a key component when it comes to stuff like that because it's all in the presentation right like you're looking at pictures and it's the pictures just have to be insane and i'm not that level of photographer and i've really really tried hard to step up my game for for this with uh my friend sean newton is definitely my photo coach as long as i've been shooting for photo i've been shooting photos since before that dude was even born but he he's just so helpful to me and he shot a bunch of photos for this that are like in that preview you see some of his photos already and he has photos throughout it but but then there's other things that like i don't want to give too much away but there's an article on survivors with some writers that have uh faced like real serious real world Mm. health situations you know and just working through that and where they're at and and how it pertains to bmx and like the bmx help them get through it are they back on the bike you know that kind of thing and then there was another piece slated for the same first issue and it wasn't the same subject but it was kind of equally heavy so it's like man this can't be like all this super heavy content you know and it's not negative it's positive because it's all not for the most part happy ending stuff but um you know we didn't want to like weigh the magazine down with just all this super emotionally heavy content you know so we had to we're holding some stuff for the second issue in that regard and, and part of it was space too like there's just so much stuff and like some of these photo features um take up a lot of room too because we you know we're not running little photos like they're big photos so 132 pages but then you know like this article is 10 pages long and there's six full page you know photos so there's not there's got to be room for words somewhere in it and there is a lot of copy a a lot to read so was it a challenge because we're talking about you know including old stuff getting a hold of things that were quality enough to make it onto a print piece of paper. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, like 
Yes, for sure. There's an article that comes to mind, and hopefully, and I had to push it back. And I, again, I don't want to give anything away. And but we just could not come through with photos. Like we just did not have the visuals for it. And it's such a rad piece. And the interview, I like, I was granted this interview with this just absolutely iconic person, and uh, we just don't have the photos to to go with it, you know. So hopefully, we'll they'll magically appear like photos from 1978, you know, like yeah. they, they do exist, like they're rumored to exist, but we just don't have our hands on them. Or, you know how this works too, like, we'll have like, we have this photo, but it's super low resolution and that's the only photo, like yep. you can't, it can't be a half page on a, you know, 11 by 14 magazine page, you know, it'll just look terrible. So there's nothing like that. Nothing, nothing sliding through, you know, no pixelated photos, no, no jagged edges, you know, no nothing. Like there are, of course, there's photos that are grainy or whatever, you know, just because the, the subject matter, the, mm-hmm. the actual heart of the photo sometimes is more important than the quality, but from a like modern technology aspect, like there's nothing, we didn't let anything slide through. And I'm sure everybody can appreciate the fact that there's that level of a standard there of yeah. quality. Sure. And anyone that's seen Dig would know that, you know, Dig doesn't have, <clears throat> there's no shady photos in there. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, that's so rad. So, so like, are you the one who's laying the pages out and everything too? No, 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 that's not me at all. There's a guy named Luke that I don't, I don't know that helps out with dig. That is one of Will's guys um, that laid it out. This guy, Mark Ward came in kind of late and drew, I don't know if you saw that graphic today that we posted. I have to look. Yeah. Look, it's such, it's dude, it's just on Instagram. Yeah. On the Greystoke Instagram. I didn't post it on mine. I'll pull that up right now. Yeah. You'll like it. Anyone would like it. But he just came. It's so weird, too, because, you know, I work for Haro now. And that same guy reached out to me oh, about some Haro about. content because he's done graphics for Haro. He did Chad Curley's frame graphics recently and did, like, the race bike graphics for Haro. But he also did this Greystoke graphic. So I've been dealing with him through different emails, you know. Scott at Haro Bikes and Scott at the Greystoke. So. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I had it pulled it up right there. I did see that. That is yeah. a rad graphic. And it looks to be really well done, too. Yeah, he's an amazing artist, and yeah, and it's just so on point. Like the, it's a twin top two bike with tough wheels, and it has a number plate and black flag bars on the helmet. That you know, Will was like, "Should we add bars to the helmet?" You know, like we have our our influences all over it. You know, That's... Will had a Will had a number plate company in the mid '80s called Jive, and if you look closely, that bike has a jive number plate mm-hmm. you have to really know to know with stuff like that you know like the oh my goodness first. easter eggs yes exactly that's so cool and that's another thing i mean even thinking about just the art aspect of bmx throughout the years too of including i mean there's so many people like poor boy steve and damien who are <laughs> still doing it never stopped doing it or if they did they started back up and that's yeah. i don't know there's there's so much that could be done and i feel like there's instagram pages for stuff like this where you've got you know older 
things being posted, the early 2000s Instagram page, which is still like just a very small segment of everything. It seems it's like. pretty specific, but it's right on. That's a, I love that's James. I think we talked about him yeah. before, but yeah, he's does really rad things. But like those Instagram pages exist and we all, I don't know if everybody knows, but Instagram sucks for like searching for things. If you were trying to oh, find, yeah. you know, a specific post, it sucks. And if it's not on YouTube in a video format, then stuff gets lost on Google. People don't pay for their website hosting. Things just right. disappear. Like if you had, there's a whole era of BMX that got lost to MySpace. Oh, right. Right. Just, of course. Just or, because or it's Vimeo. gone. Yeah. Or yeah, Vimeo too. too. Yep. So it's like such a rad format. Like I, put, I, I know a lot of people still prefer Vimeo because the quality is sharper. The colors are better and all that, but man, you good luck finding something on Vimeo and stuff just disappeared. That was on Vimeo for years. I know that to be true. So exactly. And so that's another thing that makes it so significant that an entity is large in BMX as dig is putting together something so substantial where it's you know zines are amazing and everybody who makes zines keep doing what you're doing it's like yeah it's it's like the zine and then you've got another step above that's just you're taking everything to another level forward yeah it's it's pretty huge man like i i'll be so excited to see just to hold it in my hands will be amazing like i'm not gonna lie when i uh will send me I haven't even seen the entire magazine, but he sent me the individual layouts for all the articles. So it doesn't include the ads and stuff like that. And there's a lot of people are backing it. Like there's, there's ads throughout it and everything. So that's huge too. Just people just really having faith in it. Like for issue two, it's like, here's issue one. Do you want to be an issue two? Like that's an easy sell. Like mm -hmm. you see this great product, but some people, cause this is not necessarily people that, even know what dig is about at all like having faith in advertising in this you know it's like oh that sounds great here's our money you know so that that's a pretty big deal but um i don't know what my point with that was well i, but, I think i could take that even further <laughs> and just that that is the way that it should be it it's because yeah. i feel like there's some instances in bmx where people support things just because of who is doing it, not necessarily what they're getting out of it. They just want right. to support the people involved where, whereas like, that's like a, a way to like kind of kill off things because if you're just give throwing money at something without any kind of expectation of standards or what you get in return, then eventually you're going to like, if it's not whatever, but what I'm saying yeah, it's is a, like, it's not a healthy approach. Yeah. So, so it's even better to hear that it's like, well, maybe people don't know that it's affiliated with dig at all, but they see what the project is for the value that it has and want to support that. And I think yeah. that is the way everything should be. Yeah, I agree. But uh, you know, BMX is tough. It's in a tough place. Not people don't have extra money in BMX yeah. right now. You know, there's not, people aren't fluid at all. So um, just that people had faith enough in the project without even really seeing anything. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't really have anything to show them besides like this, you know, two page PDF that kind of broke it down, you know? So, cool. so it's pretty rad. And like all those images you've seen in the last couple of days, like those aren't even real. Like it's, there's no actual magazine yet. Those are, Oh yeah. They're mock-ups <laughs> and they're beautiful. Like that's the magic of Will and Luke and, and those guys, you know? So yeah, that's 
Irish. Oh, I know what I was getting at. But when I was looking at the actual layouts, like I got really emotional. Like I, I had to like, I had to like stop looking at them. I was, it was just like, and I don't know why it's not because it was some insurmountable amount of work that was so overwhelming that I was so relieved it was done or it was nothing like that at all. I never felt that way for a minute. It never felt like work. Like I loved it. I wanted to do it. Yeah. Like when we started, I'm like, how is this a job? Like, how am I like, it's, it's a magazine <laughs> for everything that I'm about. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it just never, it was always something I wanted to do. Like, I mean, sure, it was frustrating sometimes, like, just waiting. Like, dude, I just need a quote about this. Please, please <laughs> send me anything. Like, like, I'll feed you questions and just give me answers. I just, I have to have words from you on this. You're such an important part of this. And someone might think I'm picking on them with this, but it applies to about 10 different people. So I'm not picking on one. <laughs> yeah, if you think person. it's you, it's also yeah. several I mean, other people. You, it is you, <laughs> but it's several other people too that is too funny yeah but that you know that's true with anyone so in anything it's not like you know they don't they don't realize that you know oh people are just busy. the whole thing is like pivoting on <laughs> right a single line of information from them but sometimes it is you know and some of the things in this really were that it was that important to have you know the information from a specific person you know you can't there's nothing there's nothing made up in this at all you know yeah well and yeah it's it's one of those things where you have to have what you're looking for for it to even work yeah. you're not you're not fabricating any kind of a story like what people can do with you know whatever types of magazines where they're writing an article about some random subject like you're, right you're talking about history in bmx and people yeah it's factual and quote based and right exactly this is a funny aside um there uh you know we tried to be of course a lot of it's u.s based because you know despite what some Europeans will tell you BMX really started in Southern California in the seventies. That, that, <laughs> that, that stuff in the Netherlands or whatever. I people hate me right now. Oh they, God, you're they, getting they yelled at that. through a like, screen. That's something, different. that's something different. Sorry. I know it's motocross on bicycles, but it's a different thing. Mm -hmm. But we really tried to be like international and like trying to communicate. Like there's so many rad things in Japan that are so perfect for Greystoke. And we so want them to be in Greystoke. We're trying to communicate using like Google translate to try to talk to like someone yeah. just in Japan, just full Japanese BMX rider that doesn't speak any English. Like their Facebook profile is all Japanese characters. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm going for it. I gotta, I have to use this photo or I want to see if this person has another photo or whatever, you know? And a lot of those didn't get very far, but there is some rad stuff that um, like, just like I, I'm kind of rabbit hole guy. Like if mm. I just see, like I saw one person I'm talking about and there was more than one of those um, from Japan in particular, but I saw this dude's profile picture. He had like Moto Mag wheels riding a skate park, like in the seventies. And I'm like, Holy shit, what's this about? And I just dug deeper and deeper and found like these just insane photos. And uh, that was one of the dudes I'm talking about. But when I really looked at the photos, they're like, iphone pictures of photos with glare on them and like going back to the quality thing i'm like oh, we can't use that can you scan this and like they don't 
I don't know, like just lost in translation with some of it or just they don't have a scanner, you know, like, mm -hmm. can you take it somewhere and have it scanned? Like some things that like, I know you're the same way, like I'm a problem solver kind of person, like I'll figure out a way to do it. They're just like, no, I, this is the only way I can do it. I'm like, okay, thanks. Can't do it. <laughs> Can't use it. Sorry. The struggles of just trying to yeah. like, hold to those standards and not let anything slip by that would take away from it. I get it. Yeah, and and something like that particular instance, like that photo to me was just like Godhead. Like, dude, that is such a perfect photo. Like, no one's ever seen this photo. But, I mean, I saw it on Facebook, so someone's seen it. But mm -hmm. like, it's really new to the world, and it, it's so important to me to have that photo. And to that dude, he's just like, hey, you know, like maybe he just doesn't care. Like, it doesn't mean that much to him, and like. I'm trying to explain this magazine and he's like what what do you mean like and i'm not saying anything about him not understanding you know like it was a communication thing it just literally doesn't mean that much to that dude to have his mm -hmm. picture in a magazine or whatever the case you know so sometimes i know that's the case like sometimes it just meant so much more to me or us than the person we were reaching out to and they're just like oh yeah this is what i got there's some pretty good photos on my facebook if you want to check them out i'm like oh and you got to have something out. I know you, I know you do. Yeah. Yeah. And a that's lot of people, that. and, and, and again, if some, certain people will think I'm talking about them, but this applies to a lot of people like more famous photographers and stuff that their photos like have been like heisted and they've been used without credit so many times that they don't want to share their photos, you know, mm. and I, I, I get that a hundred percent, you know, they want to be paid for their photos or whatever like i totally get it you know but at the same time like we're you know we're not no one's making any money off <laughs> this magazine at all will told me the other yesterday that the print the print charge went up a thousand dollars just kind of from one week to the next like all of a sudden it cost a thousand dollars more than it cost the previous week sick so cool thanks like i mean it's so expensive to print a magazine. Shipping is so expensive. Like the um, like shops can order this. Here's a note to shops. Yep. Uh, it comes in at you get ten. They're they're like pre-packaged, ten or nineteen, and it's not twenty because at twenty it bumped it up into the next like postage level, mm. so the freight was too much. Like there's so many things that factor in that seem like ridiculous. Like. Yeah, we're getting a 19 pack of magazines, but a 20 pack bumped it up into the next price level for shipping. So, well, if like that, it's just silly, you know. If it was a 20, it would have needed to be a 21 because whoever's buying it for the shop's going to keep one for themselves, right? So, it would have been 19 even if they did buy 20. Good point, Brent. Thank you. Boom, problem solved. Yeah, but uh, what you're describing to me, all these struggles you know, with getting pictures from people or knowing that they have more needing the <laughs> quote and all of these things. It's like, there's, there's a standard aspect we keep talking about, but there's also just what's screaming to me is that you're just being an artist putting together, like trying to make this art piece and all of these moving parts are in there until you get to this final thing that everybody gets to see and, and the, artist in you is just trying to make it the 
best possible thing. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and I don't, I mean, I don't mean to complain. I, I'm not really complaining, not complaining, but but that is part of, that was just part of the process. That's part of being an editor, you know? Yep. I mean, you're the one coordinating it. And like, you know, like I said, nothing, nothing's made up in this. Like you can't, and we can't, you can't recreate photos, you know? Like, I will tell you, there's one, <laughs> there's one photo that is, it's not faked. It's a real photo that I took myself and I took the other photos for the article, but I took all these photos of these bikes of different generate of different eras at this show in California last year. And we were kind of missing mid eighties freestyle bike and a friend that moved here from California not long ago. Like he started riding, which is awesome. And, uh, his name's Chris and we've been riding together. Uh, I was like, do you have any freestyle bikes? I really, cause he knew, he knew about the magazine. I'm like, do you have any freestyle bikes? Cause I really need to get a photo of one that looks like these other photos. Like I, like I was reaching out to people on BMX museum that had like a mid eighties GT or Haro, like, mm. Hey, do you have any other photos of this? Like this, and I would just get dead lettered, like no response or people would be like, Oh, you can use those photos. I'm like, no man, a photo of it leaning in your garage is not going to work. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> so he, and again, he moved here not that long ago from California, and he has a collection of super, super rad bikes. And he put together a mid-80s GT performer so I could shoot photos of it. And I That's took awesome. it behind the local Walmart because it looked it was a similar background to the photos I shot in California. And it's in the same layout. And it, now that you know it, like you could pick it out. But it's like no one would ever say, hey, that background is totally different than this one because it really isn't. But but it is a Walmart in Plainwall, Michigan, and not the back of the the convention center in <laughs> parts in California where I shot the rest of them. That's too Which funny. That, so that's a funny, there's all kind of little dumb stories, but that was a big show in Carson, the BMX Society show in June of 2022. So a year, you know, well over a year ago. And they're just like cream of the crop vintage bikes there. <clears throat> and a lot of collector dudes aren't, you know, they're just like, average dudes that are into bmx bikes so like mm -hmm. we don't know each other i'm just some random dude with a camera and i want to shoot photos of certain bikes but i'm not you know you've been a, a bunch of old school bike shows now like the bikes are just lined up like they don't look good sitting there and there's the backgrounds are cluttered and everything so like approaching someone with some mid-70s red line that's worth eight thousand dollars and asking if i can take it over there on the other side of the building and shoot photos <laughs> they're like whoa, whoa, wait now what do you want to do i want and you to jump those... on it and ride it over there <laughs> yeah, exactly every single one of those people that i approached agreed to do it but every single one of them came with me <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> which i don't blame them at all Probably. but that was pretty rad because i made friends with people too you know and then you know unfortunately not all those bikes will make it in the magazine but some of them will so and everything will make it eventually you know if you keep yeah. going yeah just a, a lot crammed into the first issue already that gave me a couple ideas so one i think it'd be You're starting a magazine no not even <laughs> i don't have that kind of time i don't know how you <laughs> even did it but uh really i did have time during the the heart of when we were putting it together but uh, well the one idea is that it could be cool if once it's delivered, we chat again and talk about like stuff to do with the things in it. Like once it's been out for a little while, 
since yeah. we don't want to give away too much of it now, we want people to actually be able to see it. It'd be sure. cool to like take a look and just get backstory, you know, on some of those stories of fun adventures to get that story and, and whatever. That'd be rad. Yeah, I like that. Then, Honestly, I think it's going to sell out. Like at the rate, it's already like the pre-orders in so, just one day and like the shop orders that are coming through is crazy. Like we might have to up the print count. And, you know, like like I was talking about how much it costs to print. Like that's a gamble. Like you're like yeah, forecasting production for something you've never made before. Right. Like, well, knows how many gigs to make because he's been selling. He's been making dig for 30 years. And the last eight years, he's, you know, it's an annual once a year. He kind of has a general idea, you know, but this is right. brand new, new market. It's a, really a different market. There's some crossover from dig, but not not all of it. You know? Yeah, man. And I think this is going to hit uh, totally like the people who don't ever go to skate parks but do go to bike shows because they like oh, yeah. building bikes and all of those people uh yeah. another idea that i had while you were talking about that stuff was that it could be super awesome and maybe you probably already thought about this to take like old photos of people who still ride today and then have that person recreate you know go out oh, yeah and tr- well brent that is a great idea and we tried to do that and i don't think I don't think we successfully pulled it off, but we did try to do that with a few different people that ended up being in the magazine, but it was either one or the other. Gotcha. I have to say with Dennis McCoy, it's dude. I, the Dennis McCoy thing is insane. Have you ever talked to Dennis McCoy? Have you ever met him anywhere? Uh You would love him. One day, Dennis, one day. Yeah, dude. He, (laughs) he is absolutely amazing. He remembers everything to every year every event he's been to and that dude's had more concussions than anyone Mm -hmm. like short of matt hoffman probably but (laughs) yeah he remembers fucking everything for example and i'm not giving away too much in the dennis mccoy article and it's a big article there's a photo of him riding from every year since he started riding bms right every single year 1978 through 2023 right yeah as we're putting this thing together i would text him like i'm talking to will it's like okay will would send me a message we need 2009 like these are random years this isn't we need like if you ask me for a photo from 1977 when i started racing bmx i could find that but between that and 2022 and 2023 it's gonna be pretty it's gonna take me a while yeah Okay, Dennis, I need photos. We need photos from 1998, 2001, and 2012. And like 10 minutes later, he would send me photos from each one of those years. Like, this is due tour in Portland. This is in Kansas City at this ramp at this dude's house. My friend Mike shot it. Like, every detail. Like, I'm not, I'm not even making up that timeline. Like, Oh, it might be an hour because I'm not at home right now. I'm at the skate park. Like, he's at the skate park almost every time I text him to do. Like, he rides all the freaking time. But he's he's just so awesome and just, like, a bottomless pit of BMX information and memories and stats. And He's a hero. I mean, to, you know, to be perfectly frank, mostly as it applies to Dennis McCoy. It's Dennis McCoy information about Dennis McCoy, but he remembers everything and it's super rad 
and I'm excited for people to see that because there's there's so much good stuff in there and he's so funny like I didn't see like that article I didn't even write like I wrote an intro for it and then Jared Sony did this interview and also wrote an intro for it and then Mark Luman who's a famous BMX magazine guy from the 80s wrote another sidebar thing for it so I just like you know, I wrote stuff. I wrote so many things that aren't even in this magazine because there wasn't room or it was kind of that's I guess that was the only case where it was already covered by someone else. But, um, you know, you don't want to be redundant with things. So, yeah. How many people are watching my YouTube homepage is open and there's a premiere for a podcast and 13 people are watching. <laughs> that's funny. We got uh, 18 currently. All right. Yeah, we're we're beating that one. We're right on par with the All Things BMX show with Barry Nobles. Oh, wow. Big name there. <laughs> so, Maybe it's more than that. Anyway. So, sounds like you guys already thought of that idea. There's, It did, is a great idea. Did you, did you say earlier that you guys were having just like, there was the, you know, notable people, but then also people outside of that too, just like random people? people who had quality stuff or you oh, came yeah, across. Yeah. So I have a really cool story of people that I met at the Buckeye bike show that could be on your radar potentially, because this guy, he randomly came up to me. He's like, Hey, I like watching your videos. And I was filming that day. So I was like, you got a bike here, show me your bike. And I had no idea what I was about to be in for. This guy walks me over and he's like pointing at, the, they have this whole display and there's a several, you know, of the, the modern Haro's and then there's an old Haro freestyler. Like it's got mags on it. It's whatever. And, and so he just starts telling me about his story and everything about how he and his dad ride together. Currently this oh, guy's wow. like 40 <laughs> and then his dad, his dad walks up and his dad's got, you know, white hair and white beard. And, and so we're just talking he's like, yeah, that's my original Haro freestyler from back in like we bought it new at a bike shop in Dayton and I still have it and it's like a complete bike and then he pulls up a picture of a bunch of like Polaroids and pictures of his dad riding that bike on the half pipe that they had in his backyard so like the bike is right there they still have the bike and they still have the photos. He just took a picture of all of them and was zooming in on it. And like you could see Haro painted on the ramp and just, dude, it's seriously so sick. And it's like they already have everything that you would need to do something about it. Oh, that's rad. I love it. Just yeah, that is right up, right up our alley. The craziest thing because just, he's just like, hey, giving me a compliment. I'm like, let me see your bike. And then that happened. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Love it so that um that's funny you talk about like the logos painted on the ramps and stuff like that isn't because people don't make people don't build their own ramps anymore for the mm -hmm. most part because there's skate parks everywhere you yeah. know and trust me building your own ramp leaves a lot to be desired i have <laughs> many homemade ramps that were just pieces of shit that were unrideable it's no wonder i didn't learn to ride ramps until i was like 38 years old there my first one was a vert four foot quarter pipe because i didn't know wow right you always see those like in the i used to pass this one not far from here in this backyard and i never saw anyone riding it and it was totally that like vert it was a half pipe it wasn't even a quarter 
like a, a vert quarter, you could kind of ride mm-hmm. that, right? This is a vert. Yeah. I swear to God, it was vert. Four feet high with like a foot of vert. Like this, like it was like a fingerboard ramp, but it was in someone's backyard. It's so funny. Uh, another thing I saw is that there's the, the Greystoke YouTube channel. Is that, or was that on Dig? Uh, no, that was on Dig. That was, it was on Dig, yeah. There's, but um, there was a video. The, yes. So yeah. what was that video? I didn't have a chance to watch it yet. That <laughs> I'm laughing because it's a it's a video. It's totally Greystoke. It wasn't really made for Greystoke, but mm. as it kind of came to be, it was like, oh, this would be perfect for Greystoke. Because it's about this group of like 50 plus year old BMX dudes that grew up in Northern Ireland, which is where Will's from. Will is in it. Will's one of the guys, but these other guys are kind of the nucleus of this video and they uh built their own indoor skate park in northern ireland ireland that's i think still there at the end it like they closed it and someone bought it and reopened it so hopefully it's still going but i'm laughing because i watched it last night and their accents are so thick i'm like dude i don't i can't (laughs) understand what people are saying at all so i turned on closed captions on youtube and YouTube didn't know what they were saying either. <laughs> it just didn't even make sense. It was just like, like, yeah, it sounded like he said quarter pipe, but that's not what he said. Like, uh, I don't know. It's, I can't even explain it. But if you, it's worth a laugh to watch it and turn on the closed captions because they don't line up at all. You're like, there's no way that's what that dude just said. Yeah, you got to be from there to fully be able to understand everything. Yeah, they think we have accent. They don't know what the hell we're saying. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I'm glad you used that same photo of me where I'm cross-eyed and look like I got hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a rush. There's a little too much of me in this magazine. I hate I hate to say that. Like, I mean, obviously I wrote a lot of it, and I, I don't mean that, but like there's a photo of me and there's this other kind of feature that is my stuff that I don't know. I wish I had a little less of me in it, but it's cool. Like I'm the, you know, I'm the editor of the magazine, but wasn't really my intention to make it about me, you know? Yeah. Well, about what I'm into. There's always next but, time. But again, my guy, Sean Newton, my photo guy is such a great photographer. He can make my mediocre writing look so good, you know, but, <laughs> but that was a cool thing too, to be able to like, you know, shoot photos with friends and stuff like that. that it's just keeping that keeping that thing that we have inside of us and all these guys who are still doing it that thing that fire inside is just the stoke brand is that the word you're looking for oh my god joe sisman's <laughs> gotten to you or the gray stoke yep uh that all right i think we covered it that's I, it i think we did too so what i want to say is if you haven't heard of Greystoke, go to Instagram, Greystoke BMX. It's right here. I'll pull it up. You can type that in. Dang, you guys are already almost to a thousand followers. No shit. Wow, I haven't looked at it in a few hours. That's great. Well, it's think, at six forty-four, but hopefully oh, by tomorrow it's at a thousand. Every What'd single six forty-four. That's not almost a thousand, Brand. Listen, I'm on the spot here. We're live. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for hyping up. Yeah. Let's get to a thousand. 
So, yeah, I mean, the, the whole point of this was just that I saw it coming out and I think it's amazing that you guys are making this happen and that somebody's putting this amount of effort into sharing history in BMX with people who are old enough to remember that history happening in a yeah. new form. It's not just you like, yes, you're recycling some stuff, but you're adding to it and putting more context there. And I can't wait to read it. Yeah, thing we did, we did try really hard to not um, recycle stuff that's really seen mm-hmm. a lot of action. Like you're not going to see the Vic Murphy tabletop Brad McDonald photo, but you will see some really rad Brad McDonald photos that maybe are lesser known and not you know they just haven't seen the light of day. And and if they did, they it was in 1993. You know, so yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And and all I can think about now is just that the farther reaching implications of something like this in that you're getting probably Brad McDonald himself stoked to go through old photos and find stuff that didn't yeah. make it in. And then you got other people who see this happening and they're excited and then they just want to go ride their bikes. And then they got you, somebody who's a BMX lifer, who's working on this and getting to continue working in the industry and doing stuff like this and keeping all of this, the gray stoke alive. Yeah. I mean, my friend, Sean Newton, who I keep bringing up told me like he hadn't really been riding and just shooting all these photos and being involved in this got him so excited about BMX that he, you know, on the horse, you know, that's, that's the idea. That's the goal. Yeah. So, Oh, uh, the only goal, the goal is to make something that, we can all enjoy but exactly so here's uh, a good suggestion from tony i think he's in wisconsin uh it would be awesome to see a reader submission section just a thought yeah. okay so people can find it what's that send those cards and letters yeah send it in so people can find it at graystoke magazine it's what's the website graystokebmx.com that is it Great question. That's it. Great stoke, it. It's graystokebmx.com. Yep. And I can't wait to get my hands on it. Do you have any kind of an estimate for when they will come in? Yeah, it's supposed to be, um, it's August now. So by the beginning of September, really, hopefully the last week of August, but you know, there's shipping times and all that, but that awesome. stuff is pretty, you know, like printing, printing facilities are usually on schedule you know like that's kind of how they work so mm-hmm. well awesome man yeah. yeah i appreciate you coming on here telling me all about graystoke and uh yeah, man. hopefully this gets the word out there even faster yeah i appreciate you giving me this time and letting me talk about it and it's, it's pretty awesome i'm glad i can talk about it freely now i mean i was before like, <laughs> <laughs> without being like oh crap i said that <laughs> <In this time. laughs> all, all right well, everybody, go check it out. Go follow Scott Town on Instagram, too, to f- keep up with his yep. adventures. You see the same tabletop photo every three days. That's totally fine. And, hey, come ride trails. Come ride. I'm ready. I'm ready. Come ride Stoke Run. It's got Stoke yep. in the name. Jesus, how can I pass that up? <laughs>